0: hello and welcome to my camino the podcast i'm dan mullins this is a weekly discussion about all things camino de santiago if you're thinking of walking the camino and wondering what all the fuss is about I suppose the best way to sum it up is to say, you'll have a wonderful adventure, an adventure of the heart and soul. You'll feel fantastic because you'll be fitter. You'll meet wonderful people from all over the world. You'll discover a deeper perspective of yourself. Indeed, it's one of the great things about the time and space you find on the Camino. Your mind empties and you're free to let other thoughts in. The landscape is gorgeous. The European culture, in particular, the Spanish culture, is exquisite. So what's not to love? You'll find yourself helping others, being a support to those who need it. You'll find answers. You may even find the questions, too. Buddha said, just as treasures are uncovered from the earth, so virtue appears from a pure and peaceful mind. To walk safely through the maze of human life, one needs the light of wisdom and the guidance of virtue. Pretty awesome, right? Well, my guest this week is the American Pilgrim author and filmmaker Annie O'Neill. And he's on the line from Los Angeles. Welcome, Pilgrim.
1: Hello, Pilgrim. <laughs> it's my favourite title. I yeah, no,
0: it's so great. You, you featured in the documentary Six Ways to Santiago and you also produced and directed a film called Phil's Camino. I want to get to both of those projects in a moment. But okay. first... Where and when did you first hear about the Camino de Santiago?
1: Well, it—I have my own little mysterious story, I suppose. Um, I am an avid reader, and I uh, my house is full of books, and I go to the library all the time. But one day, I saw a book, and I thought, I "Wonder how that book got in this house? <laughs> I don't remember this book bringing this book in at all." And it was called the Camino, and it was by. Um, Shirley McLean. Yeah. And I picked up that book, and I just couldn't put it down, and I devoured it. And I kept thinking, how is it that I've never heard of this book before? And I couldn't stop talking about it to my husband, and I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'll never do it, of course, because, you know, it takes six weeks, and I've got a job, and a husband, and a dog, and a life, and I could never do that, but wow, what a cool thing. And then um, that was in, I think, May and June of 2008. And in around August or September, I got a phone call from Lydia Smith. And it was literally one of those calls where you pick up the phone and you go, hi, how are you? And she goes, I'm fine. Have you ever heard of the Camino de Santiago? And I said, oh my gosh, I just read the book. I'm obsessed. And while I was reading the book, she was in Spain walking. We were old friends, and had, I hadn't heard from her for a, for a while, and she had kind of gone and walked the Camino without telling a lot of people. And it just, one thing led to another, and within about nine months, I was in saint in jean pierre de port getting ready to walk, as part of the documentary "Walking the Camino: Six Ways to Santiago."
0: Oh wow! What a great story. Californians yeah. have a reputation for being new agey. Are you new agey? Are you? <laughs> <hey>? <laughs> well, I'm trying. There's, yeah. there's a reason I'm asking, you for, and you'll know why in a minute. But are you new agey?
1: Well, I um, I go to a trans denominational church, and uh, I go. It's called. Um, ancient new thought ancient wisdom so it's a new thought church which is i guess could be described as kind of new agey um and i just i i'm a very spiritual person uh and i go to a buddhist ashram i love to visit a catholic church from time to time i i go to all different places yeah so i love spirituality
0: caliper well, well. The reason I'm asking that is because the Camino is famous for its transformative energy and, as I said in the opener, an opportunity for change. So how does it weave its way into your day-to-day life in 2019?
1: Yeah, it's been 10 years. Just the other day, it was my exact starting day. Um, so 10 years ago, right now, I was in Spain walking. Um, It has woven its way into the fabric of my life in a way that I cannot separate it anymore. And it's funny because I saw Misa, who also was in the um, Camino documentary. um, I saw Misa about four years after we had been part of that film. And she said, you know, we're four years out and I'm just starting to get the gifts of the Camino, I think. And I thought that was a really wise thing to say, you know, why rush? <laughs> why rush the gifts of the Camino? Let them unfold a couple of years after and keep unfolding and keep unfolding and keep unfolding. And um, so I don't know. I think there is a kindness uh, and awareness of others um, and in your opening statement you said something about taking care of others i think i'm more aware of that now i see others and think is there anything i could do for that person could i carry their backpack you know whatever that might be a bag of groceries or offer them a seat or you know but just what could i do to help them along their way um and i think that there's a sense of adventure like all right well i don't know what's going to happen but i bet it's going to be good (laughs)
0: Yeah, and and that's that's right. And so that transformative nature of the reward, if you like, is is kind of something that if you if you leave yourself open to it, you will get even more out of it. And you and I were talking before we began the interview uh, about how it has transformed our lives, and and yes. we've we've been able to find a. a, a, a I suppose, a new energy in terms of creativity.
1: Yeah, I think that it unlocks something in each of us. And I think for a lot of people, it is creativity, but it can be something so perfectly unique just for you that it's hard to make any sort of blanket statement, but it's something that gets unlocked in you. A door is opened in you that will never close again. it's, It's open now that's just the way it is. And that's just who you are now. And so it's, it's not so much, I think people can feel, um, can feel discomfort when they come back home because they feel like they don't fit into their lives anymore. But I think we have to flip that and we have to say, okay, I, I have changed. So how am I going to, create my life to fit this new me that I am instead of how am I going to put myself back into my old life? How am I going to change my life? Because I'm changed now. And how is, how is my life going to look now?
0: Yeah, that's So great. So great. I'm so pleased I got that on tape because a lot of people will be shaking their heads saying, that's exactly what it is. And I've never heard, <laughs> I've never heard anybody articulate it before, but that's exactly what but, it is.
1: Yeah, it's been 10 years. I've had a lot of time to think about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that, which, which leads perfectly into my next question, Phil's Camino, your, oh, your yeah. great project, something which you are immensely yeah. proud of and immensely oh. taken with. It's a I'm picture in love of, with it. Yeah, it's a picture <laughs> about Phil Volker who was diagnosed with stage four cancer and he desperately wanted to walk the Camino. So he, he set up a path through the woods behind his house on Vashon Island outside of Seattle. And each lap he walked he charted his progress across the Camino. Now, I won't give yeah. away much more of the story because that's the whole idea. We want people to go and see it. But I wonder yeah. I wonder if you could tell us your story.
1: My story in making the film or yeah, my
0: your, sto- Well, your story, it, 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 the, the, it's called Phil's Camino, um, but yeah. it's very much your story too, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, and I think any director, of a film you're putting yourself on the film as much as you're putting um whatever other story is on there you know for me meeting phil was was a real pivotal moment Um, and it was the kind of thing where i thought man somebody's got to make a film about this guy but because i had already walked the camino i think i had the boldness to go well you know what I know exactly the kind of film I want to make about this guy, or that should be made about this guy. Maybe I should do it. Maybe it should be me. Could could it be me? Could I could I be that bold? Could I say, yeah, I'm going to make a film about this guy? And I decided, yeah, I could. I could be that bold. And I I just kept on thinking, if God forbid, if ever I got a diagnosis like that, I would want to know Phil. I would want to know this guy's story because I had never seen anybody get a diagnosis like he got and do what he did. And yet, why not? Why not? So I I was very driven by that. And I had a, a sister-in-law who was diagnosed with cancer at that time. It was actually very similar to Phil. She just did whatever she wanted to do. <laughs> and um, so... I just thought, you know, people, people need to hear this story along with the fears stories that they're hearing and along with the fear that maybe their brain is, is giving them. I think they should hear this story also. So that was a big, a big reason to make the film. So the, the challenges that I encountered, this was big enough to get me through the challenges like, that was, a, that was a really big reason to make the film. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't just, ah, maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. It was like, no, I think people need to hear this story. So when things go wrong, as they inevitably do, like, that was big enough to keep me going. And like well, people need to
0: hear it. And what was it like then going through li- and living with Phil via this transformation? must have been quite an extraordinary experience.
1: Yeah, really, really. It never gets old how amazing it is. Every time we talk to each other, and we t- talked on the phone just last week. Um, I think both of us are like, can you believe this?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> like, can you believe that That's what it, our story is? Like, can you believe we met each other? And then we made this film, and then we went to South by Southwest, and then, you know, I was invited to the White House when Obama was the president, and you know, like a whole lot of really incredible things happened. And believe me, with all of those big things, and those were big things, those were very big things for me personally, but there are other big things that nobody, you know, it wasn't the White House and it wasn't a big film festival, but it was getting an email saying, this film made such a difference to my own healing from cancer. Thank you so much for making this film. Um, and things like that. That was so meaningful
0: I loved hearing Phil say there's a difference between being healed and being cured.
1: Yeah. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And that's another one that this um this woman I know, she told me that her brother had had cancer. And the film, um, Phil's Camino was playing somewhere down here in Southern California. And she called her brother and she said, here's the deal. There's this film and I want you to see it. And he said, no, I'm not going to go see that film. I lived that film. I don't need to see that film. And she's like, no, you're going to see the film. And they went back and forth. And she finally said, listen, I drove you to all your chemo treatments. I'm driving you to this film. And so he went. And she said on the way home, she was driving him home. He didn't say anything. No talking, no nothing, which is unusual. Usually after people see this film, they talk a lot. But she said she just let him be quiet. And they got to his house and he turned to her and he said, you know, I realize I've been cured of my cancer, but I've never healed. And that was so profound for her brother to have that moment and for her to she shared that with me and. I'm sharing that with you because it is such a deep experience. You know, we have to heal ourselves. We don't have to even have cancer to heal ourselves, but we can all heal. And that's so important.
0: Yeah, it is. It is so important to heal. You said you sensed Phil's story was one that would inspire others to live a journey of, of meaning and discovery. And that's what you're talking about, isn't it? It, Yeah. It might be that you discover you need healing. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. And for this, you know, I get chills every time I think of this man. Like for him to be cured of cancer, you'd think like, hey, what could be better than that? And he realized like, well, you know, I may have missed the gift that was wrapped up in that. I may have missed the opportunity to heal i'm not going to miss it any longer you know i'm gonna i'm gonna heal now uh, now that i'm cured now i'm going to put my attention on healing and that's that's just an incredible that's that's incredible that's so beautiful
0: it is beautiful you know th- th- we talked at the very beginning about um helping others uh yeah. and, and how how, you know, you, you will, I think it, it's, it's pretty much inevitable If while you're on the Camino, if you're, you know, if you're fit and healthy and, and you, you, you will be somebody's Camino angel at some stage, you will reach yeah. out to somebody. And it's something quite often we find ourselves surprised by our capacity to do that. It might not be something yeah. that we would necessarily do in day-to-day life in Los Angeles or in Sydney. There is a great line in Phil's Camino which sums up I think that uh tendency to help one another. And it's and the Camino of the film in many ways started and ended with the phrase come walk with me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come walk with me. What more beautiful words could could there be in the English language? Come walk with me. You
0: and know, I, come, I was I was going to ask you before What's something you and I could do or somebody who's listening can do to help another person on a spiritual journey of discovery so that they might heal? Well, it could start, could it not, with come walk with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. There's a, there's a line in, um, eat, pray, love, where this, the author is writing about she spent time in Italy and she, they used to walk, her and this girlfriend of hers, and they would cross the street. And this became her favorite Italian expression was traversiamo. That means let's cross the street, traversiamo. And she just loved that. Like, let's cross the street. And I think come walk with me is like that. There's just something so charming and almost like an inevitability of closeness when you say come walk with me you know let's take a walk what could be better let's take a walk I I heard one time that there was someone who was acting as a therapist I'm not sure they were a therapist but they were offering this service and what you did was you would meet them at a certain point and then you would walk a mile or two and then sit down and have coffee and then walk back. And all your problems would be solved <laughs> by, by the time you got back. You know, like there is just, you know, it is solved by walking, right? Salvatore ambulatum or whatever that is. Um, and it it just, there's something so wonderful about walking. It, it's there's There seems to be an acceptance in that of just who you are and where you're at. Let's just walk. And hopefully, there's a listening. You know, I think sometimes the greatest gift we can give people is just listening.
0: Yeah. And I think to be a good pilgrim, you need to be a good listener.
1: Yeah. Def- definitely to be a good hospitalero. Yeah.
0: yeah that's for sure. You know, <laughs> you were actually working on your book, Everyday Camino with Annie, when you met Phil. So tell us about the book, Everyday, yeah. Everyday Camino with Annie.
1: Every day Camino with Annie I was kept a journal when I walked. Um, I feel very lucky that I walked before there were cell phones, so every day I would just write in my journal and um, i I was um, when I got and I had the idea for a book as I was walking because I love languages and I love speaking languages and hearing languages and thinking of how you say something in one language versus how you say it in another. I'm just fascinated by all things language and linguistics. And so I thought my book was going to be about that. And I even could see like how some of the pages would look and they would have the Italian way and the French way and the Spanish way to say things. And I came home and I was very excited. And as I would sit down to write this book that was half formed in my head, I just, it was like nothing would come out of the pen. You know, I just, I couldn't get it on paper. And I finally turned it over, which is definitely something that I, I may not have learned it on the Camino, but I had to practice it so much on the Camino of turning over and letting go. And, you know, the expression, let go, let God. Well, it was I was living that every day, and um, I said, "Okay, if I'm not supposed to write this book that I think is so good and so fascinating, what am I supposed to write? Because I think I'm supposed to write. Am I supposed to write? And I just started writing, and what came out was the book that became Everyday Camino with Annie. It's um, it's it's really like come walk with me. It's we just walk together for 40 days. So each there's a a you know, it's day one, then day two, then day three, then day four. So we just walk together, and I start each day with a quote. Sometimes it's a quote from a book or an essay, and sometimes it's a lyric of a song. So there's actually also a uh, music CD that goes with it. And I just share what was going on in my head on that day of my Camino and what challenges and what breakthroughs and so I was working on that and I was really stuck. It was the end of the book and I couldn't think of how to end it. And then I met Phil and I ended up writing about Phil for day 40. And I actually took a quote from something that he had written to me in an email. So that was the inspirational quote for day 40. And it just, it just tied everything together in a most beautiful way. And I also love the fact that it was the end of the book, but it was the beginning of the film. Yeah. Sometimes we get so caught up in something is ending, we forget that it means something else is beginning, which is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. Oh, I really like that. I'm going to steal that, Annie.
1: Yeah. We forget that.
0: We do forget.
1: Yeah. We just get caught up in thinking, oh, it's over. Well, (laughs) open your eyes to what is coming next, you know what is being birthed right now because that's pretty wonderful.
0: Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I got goosebumps. Yeah, oh good. <laughs> and, and and I read somewhere you said then because you'd finished the book, you chapter 40 was was featuring Phil, and you said somewhere I wrote I read it, it took faith to meet a stranger on an island to walk, to assemble a last minute documentary crew and to trust the funding process for the film. But you won a stack of awards, more than 20, from film festivals around the world. Yeah. It, it took faith, you said. It took faith. Where did you find the faith?
1: Oh, boy. Um, I'm not sure if we create faith or we just are open to receive the faith. And, you know, that might be part of that unlocking that happens on the Camino, mm. that, that that doorway to faith gets opened so that. We, we feel a greater sense of safety in the world. You know, like you said, we're, you're you're walking with people from all over the world. And for some people, they've never met people from other countries. And so that is very unusual. And it's also, you get to see how, gosh, we really are all the same, aren't we? Whether we're from Korea or Germany or Australia or... United States or Spain where we really are just all pilgrims just walking our way home walking our way to whatever we believe is is God um, and there's really not that much to be afraid of and it's the same with faith you know like well it's gonna work out it may not work out the way I think but it's gonna work out you know everybody gets a bed even if your bed is a picnic Um, table outside the albergue like everybody gets a bed you sleep somewhere and most people sleep indoors in an actual bed you know there was one day when I there was only one day but it was because I used to walk into the village going there's always a spot for me there's always a spot for me I would just kind of sing that as I was walking into a village where I wanted to sleep and um There was one night where the place that I walked to, and I was pretty much done for the day, and it said completo, and I, you know, I said to the woman, I'll just take a little corner, I don't need a bed, just a floor, I don't even need a shower, just, can I just lay my head down, and, you know, it was no, no, no. She said, you have to go another couple kilometers, and you can sleep on the floor of the restaurant, and I walked, thinking, "Well, this is really not what I had in mind." <laughs> you know? uh, and then, how does that work? Do you, do do I eat dinner there? And is that table? Then I go under that table. Is that where I sleep? <laughs> or or do you do you eat and then like wait in the back? And then, as everybody leaves, everybody grabs a, a place to sleep. Like, how is this going to work? Um, but I was so exhausted. I I just I just kept knowing it's going to be okay. And sure enough, I walked into this place and the bartender came out and took my backpack, which all the best hospitaleros always do. And she walked me through the restaurant to another building behind the restaurant that was a brand new albergue and they didn't have their certificate of occupancy or whatever the, all the paperwork hadn't gone through. So they couldn't declare themselves an albergue yet. So there was no cost. You just were able to sleep, and you did sleep on the floor. You slept on a mattress on the floor, which I always preferred that um, to the bunk beds. So I was happy, happy, happy. (laughs) So, you know, everything always works out. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't know how I was going to fund this film. I didn't know how I was going to get my crew together. I got my crew together within... 10 days of them being on an airplane going to spain and i just knew it will work out it would work out it'll just work out
0: could you have imagined it would be so successful it's still being no it, <laughs> no no
1: definitely not
0: because i want definitely. to take i want to take the 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 inspirational impact it has had on people the emotional and spiritual impact it has had on yeah. people i want to take that away just, just put that aside for a moment, but in terms of awards and 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 reviews and peer acceptance uh yeah. it's been really quite incredible hasn't it
1: It really has and you know I had made other things in my life, and then the most the biggest one being Walking the Camino, which did very well and did very well um, in theaters it did well at film festivals. Um, but you know modestly well it it 's an independent film it 's not you know fast and furious sixteen or whatever and it 's not you know from disney yeah. it 's an independent film but i had I had no idea how how it could be and and you know there just was like i said there 's so much joy between phil and i there 's so much joy that. I think that's really, every time we go to a film festival, we have our own crew of people that just show up. (laughs) They They come from miles away. You know, we went to the Port Townsend Film Festival, which is in Washington State, which is not far from where Phil is. We had 18 people from all over the United States come to that film festival with us. And even in Heartland, we had people from iowa we had people from illinois it's in indiana we had people from maryland we had people from california all came to see phil's camino so far so good our our feature-length version of the film and that never ceases to amaze me but at the same time it's so much fun i always put the word out like hey guys we're going to be at this film festival do whatever you can to be there because it's so fun to travel with this film And so we just kind of bring the joy. We bring the Camino. And we go, we stayed with pilgrims when we were in Indianapolis. Um, And that's for pilgrims. That keeps their Camino alive. They keep bringing other pilgrims to their cities to visit them and stay with them and show them their city and walk in their city. And, you know, that keeps the Camino alive. So that keeps them being active pilgrims. So it keeps that joy alive in their life, too.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, one of the great things about this podcast is I get to to talk to people about the impact the Camino has had on their lives and and in your case it's the it's the impact your the Camino's had on your life and then you've been able to m- produce that ripple effect to many many other lives as well, which is which is great. And I want to talk about six ways to Santiago walking the Camino in a minute. Can I talk about your own experience on the Camino? It, oh, yeah. <laughs> are you a seasoned walker? <laughs> uh, do you do it easily? Or, or, or you know, you talked about you you didn't like the bunk beds. I mean, how do you cope with albergues? I, I'm in, <laughs> I'm interested in your own personal Caminos. Uh, so let's let's start well, let's know, start with walking. Are you a good walker?
1: I'm a great walker. <laughs> I'm a great walker. Before I left, my sister was like. You're going to have such an easy time. You know, there's so many people who are older than you who do this, and they might struggle, but you're going to be fine. And I was when I walked. I was one of the younger ones in my kind of group that were walking that year. And yet I did not have an easy time of it. But I, you know, I teach. At that time, I was teaching yoga. I was walking in Griffith Park, which is a big park here Mm -hmm. in L.A., which is just beautiful. And it's very hilly and mountainy and um, very challenging. And I was walking with my backpack. And I just, everything that I thought would be easy on the Camino was hard. And everything I thought would be hard on the Camino was easy. So it was really like, like you said, if you, if you let it, you can empty your mind of certain things, you know, like, Oh, I got to drop off the clothes at the dry cleaner. And Oh, don't forget to mail that. And Oh, you're meeting so-and-so for coffee. Um, Make sure that you get on the road by four o'clock and Oh, you know, you got to work late and your mind is full of these when you're in your daily life. If, if you, if you want, you can empty your mind of all of that and see all sorts of other things are there for you to think about and to contemplate and to experience. And, um, you know, the things that I thought would be hard were easy so that I had a whole freedom that I didn't know about. And yet the things I thought would be easy were hard. So I had a whole set of challenges that I didn't know I would have. And I got to go through that and watch myself go through that and, get through it is with as much grace as I could <laughs> w- when I could. And when I couldn't just get through it.
0: <laughs> so give us an example of something that you thought would be hard, but was easy. Just one example.
1: Well, I'm a very modest person. So I really thought that the communal living and the bathroom situations and the, um, lack of privacy would be very difficult. And I, I, was in Roncesvalles, which at that time, the albergue in Roncesvalles was a big, huge room with over a 100 beds and beautiful kind of chandelier things. It was some old convent or something. And so here I am, like, that was, what, my second night on the Camino? And I woke up, and I was like, well, I guess I could go to the bathroom and change my clothes, or I guess I could just change them right here. (laughs) In this room of over 100 people, yeah, that's what I'll do. You know, like, I was not modest at all. Nobody was looking at me, so I just whipped off my shirt, put on my walking shirt, and was good to go. You know, it just, so that's one thing that I thought was going to be so hard, and it was so not hard.
0: Well, what's something that you thought would be easy that turned out to be more difficult than you thought?
1: Walking. (laughs) I thought walking was going
0: to be so
1: easy. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I got the walking part. I'm going to worry about other things. And it just, I have a steel plate in my leg. And I, so I've worked very hard to, um, have a full recovery from that accident. And, and I know a lot about the mechanics of walking and, and I just was sure that it was going to be easy based on how hard I've, I've trained and, how fit I thought that I was. And it just was not easy at all.
0: <laughs> if, so, if if someone's listening and they're thinking of walking, did you feel safe?
1: I felt a hundred percent safe and I, I'm from New York. So I'm always kind of scanning, you know, making sure everything, everywhere that I am is safe and, you know, just checking out everything. I felt one hundred percent safe, there was one day when I was walking. it was very late. Everybody had stopped, and I actually had stopped for a cool drink at a at a bar in some completely deserted nowhere town and The only people there were these two Italian guys and me and the bartender and uh, so we were I was having a soda or water or something, and we were chatting and and then it was time to go, and they were like, "No, you should really just stay here. It was like four in the afternoon why Why keep walking?" I said, well, I just feel like I'm supposed to keep walking. And uh, so they walked me to the edge of town. And it was such a lonely feeling. I practically could hear, like, one of those film scores from an old Western of, like, lonely music. You know, and it was was just, I looked back and the two of them were just standing there kind of waving. And I was just walking into nothingness, you know, that was just... And, and I, and I remember thinking, boy, you know, if somebody, if there's a bad guy here, no one will ever know because I, the only people who know I'm even here are these two Italian guys who I don't even know who they are and they don't really know who I am. And, uh, and then I just realized this would be the most poorly thought out crime (laughs) You know, to to wait for hours for a a smelly pilgrim to walk by. And I thought anybody who has that lack of judgment on this is a good place to do a crime, I think I could take them.
0: (laughs) 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 That's so funny. What's one word that sums up the Camino for you?
1: Oh. It's kind of an impossible question, isn't it? Um I would say um surprise
0: oh, or delight. Yeah.
1: Surprise or delight. Or possibility. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Uh, One of those. One
0: of those Uh, three words. Surprise is lovely. I haven't heard that one before. That's great. Surprise. Yeah, it is There's full of surprises, of surprises, and, and they're yeah. so delightful when, when you discover them. They're just so fantastic. Oh, you know,
1: one of those Italian guys, and, you know, I'm part Italian. I'm Italian on my mom's side, and so I love meeting Italian people and speaking Italian and all of that. And um, one of them was from Florence, and he was saying how he was only going to be walking another couple of days, but the other guy was going to go all the way to Santiago. And I saw the other Italian guy in Finisterre. How about that? That's for awesome. Yeah. Serendipity? yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. And, you know, that just was such a perfect, you know, cherry on top. Because that was such a cool afternoon and just such a kind of weird afternoon. Like, they kept going, why are you walking? Nobody's walking. This is like, this is not walking time. <laughs> but where, where are you going? I was like, I don't know, but I feel like I'm supposed to walk. And sure enough, I walked. And I ended up at an albergue, you know, just out of the blue. Out, you know, I never planned where I was going to stay. I just walked until I felt like I was going to yeah. drop and then yeah. the nearest albergue. And it was where my Camino sister Catalina was. And that was just so perfect because I thought I had lost her forever.
0: And you walked. <laughs> and so this is gone. the day that the, the Italians were telling you to stay. And you said, no, something's telling me to walk on.
1: Yeah. And, oh, and then your was like, friend nah, was there. Nah, yeah, and I stopped in the town because it had Catalina in the title. I think I, I don't even remember. I'd have to look at my journal, but it was oh. there was Catalina who I hadn't seen since San Nicolas in uh, which is quite a ways earlier. So it just was beautiful, and Catalina and I are sisters to this day. You know, I want to amend if I was going to choose one other
0: word. <laughs> you can choose as many words as you like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I I might choose the word hospitality, because hospitality is such an interesting word, because, you know, it has hospital in it, but hospitality is such a gift of the Camino, and the people who take care of you at the albergues are called hospitaleros, you know, and so there is this element of hospitality on the Camino that I think awakened me to this idea that do i have hospitality in my life you know am i greeted with hospitality do i offer hospitality and starting to notice oh this is why i like going to this friend's house all the time she really makes me feel at home, she has such a great way with hospitality. Or this is why I don't enjoy going to this place. There's no hospitality. They never make you feel welcome. Why should I go there? Um, you know, and just, and how can I offer hospitality to, to people that I cross paths with? So it was a, there was a real awakening of something having to do with hospitality.
0: The Spanish are famous for their hospitality. Uh, and and, I, and and celebrating that culture is one of the true joys
1: yeah and i did not i did not know that i didn't know a whole lot about the spanish culture and it was really wonderful to be embraced mm. so wholeheartedly you know there's people do you, do you have people there maybe this is part of the la la land of california there's people who when they hug you they go let's make sure our hearts touch have, have you ever heard that I, I've there's heard like a that. certain yeah. There's a certain way that you can hug, and so they make sure that they hug you like that. I felt like that's Spain. Like they, they want to make sure that you get their heart when, when you visit there. Like it's so embraceful.
0: Gosh, it's fantastic. I love it. How do you describe <laughs> the Camino to people who ask you about it? If you're at a dinner party and, and people say, what's the Camino? How do you sum it up?
1: Well I say the Camino is um, a five hundred mile long spiritual pilgrimage to the site where the bones of Saint James are buried and and then I kind of wait and see if that lights something inside of them or they just start looking around like who could they talk to next. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because cause there's some people who, as soon as you say 500 mile long spiritual pilgrimage, they're, they're looking over your shoulder.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how fast? That's happened to me so many times. Away, yeah. yeah. How fast
1: can I get away from this bore? <laughs>
0: how, how and why, how and why does the Camino lure us?
1: Well, you know, it's extremely personal, um, I don't know. I mean that's part of the beauty of of the Camino and that's that's the beauty of this uh Camino that we're all on that everybody's life is is so uniquely their own and the Camino, the cathedral of nature where every snowflake is is different from the others. There are no two snowflakes that are alike. So there are no two Caminos that are alike. And and I think that the Camino just has a way of bringing, of, of accepting you and giving you what it is that you might not have known you were looking for. So it's just a, a, a beautiful experience of total acceptance and An an adventure that was crafted just for you. And for some people, that means no blisters, no problems. That's all the over 70 set. If anybody is listening and thinks that they're too old to do the Camino because they're over 70, it's like, oh, no, you can do the Camino. And you're not even going to have any blisters because you have given up trying to keep up with anybody. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to have a great time.
0: Sure are. um, Gosh.
1: But, you know everybody's adventure is just handcrafted for them you know there's people who end up in the hospital and that's that's what they required that's what they needed to see you know i ended up in a bad way and that's what i needed to see to have my own understanding you know um i i had such a hard time i had to rest in borgos the doctor said no that's it you 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 can't walk you have to rest. And for me, that meant watching my friends that I had bonded with, my Camino family, walk on. And I stayed. And so for me, that was facing death. That was my, I got to really move into my own fear of death, of not being on the same path with people either they were going to die or I was going to die and we weren't going to be together anymore and that was so terrifying to me and there I am having to live it but I got to be there for a couple of days I got to really revel in that and go like okay is that what this is am I just really afraid of death because they're just walking their camino they're having a wonderful time and I'm in borgos a city that people come to visit from all over the world so I could be having a wonderful time. If that's what death is, that's not really anything to be afraid of, is it? So I can work through my fear of death, and then in a few days, I'll be joining them. And I didn't realize then how how, uh, lyrical everyone's Caminos are. They're not linear. So that the people who become two days ahead of you, they don't necessarily stay two days ahead of you. They might stop in Leon for a couple days or they might go on a side trip somewhere and then, boom, out of the blue, you go into some bar to get a cup of coffee and as soon as your eyes adjust, there they are sitting there and you haven't lost them forever. They're right there.
0: And that's just such a magic feeling, isn't it? To run into them.
1: It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) so great. It is. And again, for me, facing my fear of death, it was like, well, wow, that's that's how it can be too. After someone has moved on from this life, there could be a day where I just walk into a bar and something there reminds me of them so completely that I, I have to sit down and I have a little moment with that person that it doesn't have to be so linear.
0: I remember we walked with... an Australian couple who live in New Zealand, Belinda and Scott. And they were just so beautiful. I just loved them so much. And in Santiago was a big long table of pilgrims. We'd all walk together for days, weeks, months, whatever. And the only two people missing were Belinda and Scott. And I just felt this kind of, man, they're the only two people who are missing here. Yeah. And we spent the day and i c I've said it a few times, if only Belinda and Scott were here. And that's I really missed I wouldn't go I wasn't going to see them. I was leaving the next day. I got up earlier, put my backpack on to walk to the bus station. And as I came up just out of the town square, who should be walking in to the town square <laughs> but Belinda and Scott. Of course. And 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 I just we, we just the three of us just stood there, started bawling <laughs> our eyes out. And it was for for me, it was like that's it, man. You can go now. And, the, yeah. and they had arrived and it was like, oh, we saw Dan. We, it, it, it was just perfect. And, yeah. and and it was one of those pinch yourself moments. And later on in, in travelling back to Madrid later that morning, I was shaking my head going, sure, that happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, what I say is we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. We can't help but run into Belinda and Steve on the way to the bus. We can't help it. We're connected. We're like a big box of marionettes that are all messed up now. And when I pull on your arm, Belinda's leg moves.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like
1: we can't help (laughs) ourselves.
0: That is so great. That is just fantastic. We're
1: connected and anything anything otherwise is an illusion. We can't help ourselves. So that's the other thing that the Camino did for me. It's that's the, that's more true than this thought that, I live in LA, and Catalina lives in Romania, and I'll never see her again. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. It doesn't really matter. We're connected, you know. Carrie in Singapore. We are connected. I. I don't. It doesn't matter if I ever see her again or not. We're connected. When I move my arm, Carrie's head bobs up and
0: down. You know, <laughs>
1: because we're all tangled up. And we can't help ourselves.
0: That is so great.
1: Of course, you ran into them. Of course.
0: That's so great. Annie O'Neill, you're fantastic. I love oh. Oh, Now there's this box of marionettes. I'm going to picture all of my friends as. as right? Hey, it's Isn't so good. It true? That's unreal. And you got to
1: put me in that box with your friends now, too. Absolutely. We're
0: yeah, we're all it, connected. Listen,
1: it's, it's my dream to bring um, Phil's Camino So Far, So Good, the feature version, over to Australia. It's my dream to bring it there. And just think of this. Like that could happen. We could be drinking a beer together at some point. Wouldn't that
0: be something? We will. (laughs) We will. I guarantee it. Our paths will cross. Don't you worry about that. I'm I'm going to just ask a couple more questions. And, And I love talking about the Camino. So this podcast is never difficult or tiresome. In fact, I look forward to it every week. I love it. And I yeah. and imagine working on films like Phil's Camino and Six Ways to Santiago would be a similar experience. Yes. You you just mentioned that you've made a longer version of, of Phil's Camino. So where are you in the entire process? You talked about perhaps coming down under. Are you still working it? Are you still is it still a day to day process?
1: No, it's done. We finished it in the fall. We finished it in October, and we had a premiere at the Heartland Film Festival, and it was wonderful. Like I said, there was like 10 people from all over the United States who came and just, you know, just wanted to see it and wanted to be there, and Phil and Rebecca were there. And um, so we won an award there, which was amazing. And I've been busy with some other films that I've been doing, so I haven't really put in as much time and effort with getting it into film festivals but i really really want to bring it to theaters um, i want it to have a theatrical release now what's interesting is is that my distributors over here in america they say well it's only an hour nobody wants just an hour film in their theater and i just find that hard to believe but i'm just like all right well, we'll you know whatever whatever's supposed to happen will happen but i'm very hopeful that um, I can bring it down under. And I—what my real dream is to come there, too, and do some talks, you know, and get together with pilgrims and raise a glass and have coffee and walk around your beautiful country a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm an independent filmmaker, so I would hope that there could be some pilgrims I could say with.
0: <laughs> oh, we can look after that any We'll, have, we've okay. got, we'll get that covered. Don't worry about that. Okay. No, no. Because,
1: you know, that's that's always the challenge. You know, yeah. I, we don't have a big budget like Warner Brothers, you know. Oh, yeah, we'll send you over. No, it's like, does anybody have any miles? <laughs> <laughs> anybody I've got some frequent flyer miles I could use? Um, so it's just uh, – so that's that gets – that's the hardest part is just everything costs money and um, – Uh, you know, that's always a challenge. So I, I still have, um, people that are helping support this. They make contributions and I sell the 30 minute version and I sell my book and all of those, all of those profits go towards, you know, getting Phil's Camino out there. Um, there's a certain amount that we'd have to do that costs money to get it to Australia, but I'm confident we can do that. You know, just technical stuff like DCPs and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I really, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel it, that that would be a really wonderful place for Phil's Camino. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I need to get on it and see if there's some hospitals that want to maybe, um, sponsor a screening or something but
0: we can work it out we can make things happen we can make things happen down here yeah and 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 i really look forward to that because that's something um i'd be very delighted to be involved in as well but i just one more question what's the one what's the one thing you learned about yourself through this whole camino process the the making of the movies the writing of the book this camino of life that you've now embarked on
1: Um, Well, I think I'm very lucky to have been involved with Walking the Camino Six Ways to Santiago because the film crew was not there all the time. They would just show up, you know, once or twice a week. And they happened to be with me when I was at Cruz de Ferro, where you leave a stone. So I, I think otherwise I might have forgotten that moment, but it's captured on film. So it helps me remember that in that stone, I left any you know i the need to please anyone but myself something like that and i think that that was a very profound moment and there was something in that ritual of leaving the stone of of thinking i'm i'm leaving the need to to please anyone but myself that was that changed me but i think it also i do continue to still work on that and I think that making Phil's Camino there were times when I made some decisions that were maybe to please other people and they ended up not being the best it just it slowed the process down a little bit and I think the need to please anyone but myself slows me down um so I think that that's something that I got to, to see an action with making the film that I, I, I have to stay true to the, the calling, whatever the calling is, whether it's making a film or writing a book or, you know, um, making the perfect tiramisu, which is one of my, <laughs> my <laughs> pastimes
0: well, is trying to uh, that's create a, the perfect uh, tiramisu. That's, a, that's a wonderful endeavor. and it, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, Hey, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Indeed, it's been a, an honour and a, oh. pri- a privilege because I want to say congratulations on the work that you do. And oh, thank you. I'm sure our paths will cross again. The Camino, the Camino will see to that.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. We can't help ourselves.
0: Exactly. Well, the marionette's in the box.
1: Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we're going to be moving around because somebody's going to pull some string and we're both going to hop up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. If somebody empties the box, we're in strife, right? <laughs> annie thank you so much for your time I've, I've well loved the to... pleasure
1: was mine the honor was mine this was just wonderful thank you so much
0: annie buen camino
1: buen camino
0: my guest this week the american filmmaker and author annie o'neill for more on phil's camino go to phil's camino.com phil's camino.com and for more on walking the Camino, six ways to Santiago, go to Camino Documentary.org. That's Camino Documentary.org. The book we talked about is called Everyday Camino with Annie, and you can find it at Everyday Camino with Annie.com. Everyday Camino with Annie.com. And as I said at the start, if you're thinking of walking the Camino or you're in training, you're in for an adventure of the heart and the soul, slow tourism, and that's walking to the beat of your heart. Buddha said, just as treasures are uncovered from the earth, so virtue appears from a pure and peaceful mind. To walk safely through the maze of human life, one needs the light of wisdom and the guidance of virtue. I love it. The Camino makes the world a smaller place, like a box of marionettes, all twisted. Thank you for your company. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins, Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way